Time now for the WEEI Producers Show on WEEI. WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Boston. Happy Saturday to everyone out there. This is the WEEI producer show right here on Boston Sports Original WEEI. It's Shime, it's Garvin, it's Lanny with you up until 9 a.m. this morning. Boys, yesterday was the inaugural day of betting in the state of Mass sports betting in the day- state of Massachusetts. We're all broke. Did, <laughs> did you did you indulge? Did you uh just watch the chaos? Did you sit back and enjoy what, what was the feeling around your day yesterday? We have no money anymore. We're doing an eleven hour show today, guys. We so. all shared a cab to get him. Yep. <laughs> Lock handling. Log in. I'm afraid. All right. It's so weird. It's if you follow me on Twitter, I love picking fights. It's, yes, you it's do. always fun. Um, and I think I do a pretty good job at it. And I, now I just have this crippling fear that as soon as I start, you know, going into one of my apps and going, ooh, okay, let's put that together. Here's a parlay. I like long shot odds. I think yep. they're more exciting. And because yep. Wiggy's the same way. Mixed martial arts is so instantaneous, you will know within anywhere from 10 seconds to 15 minutes. If one of your monster parlays is going to hit or not, and I just I can't do it. I don't want to look. I haven't looked at any lines for the, there are fights on today, uh, and I just I I can't make myself like jump into it yet. I, it's funny. I will have a problem. I know myself. I, was I know a, myself. I know myself. I was a gambler before this, so like this didn't make me. It, it allowed me it, the opportunity to gamble more. But yes, for you. Yeah, this, this is absolutely. That this is was exactly like the, the dawning of like DoorDash and Uber. So Eats. today, You're like, well, I'm a food connoisseur, but now I don't have to leave my house to get sugar cookies. Yeah, today, just come right to I me. I can go home from the show. I can sit my ass on my couch, and instead of having to drive up to New Hampshire Bingo. just to bet on the Bruins at one o'clock, I can sit there on my phone and go, "Oh, Bruins minus one and a half at oh. home for the Red Wings." Hit that button. I'll bet on that. How does that home? betting uh, impact your charcuterie? Uh, you know what? Uh, the way last night went, Billy, I am going to be upgrading that charcuterie <laughs> nice. board sometime this week. You, he, uh, he's but, just biting you know. and taking hunks out of the cheese right, block. He's not even cutting it. it anymore. Yeah, I was very fortunate that all he's these like, books are like trying to get our knife. business and offering bonuses. Who's got time for right. cutting cheese? Who's got time hate. to clean a knife? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to buy a new one. Just buy it. <laughs> Wasn't it Floyd Mayweather that never wears like a pair of underwear twice? That'd be me with a uh, charcuterie knife. Yeah, oh somebody just, like that. I remember, I'll like, never MTV use the same like, uh, It might have been Shaq, who never wears the same socks twice or something <laughs> like that. But no, it's somebody with a lavish lifestyle that can oh pull that God, off. He's special ordering socks too. So yeah, I'm. I you know, well, I'll probably dive more into it too. I mean, these apps make it so easy to just for people like me who are never really big on gambling, but like sports. Like yeah. I know sports. I like to watch. So my sports, my brother's so. the same way. I had to actually like sit down and like talk to my brother about some of the stuff because he didn't quite understand. He wanted to. He is a huge uh, EPL soccer fan. Like he just he loves it. He could bet on literally uh, EPL or. Or the the uh, Syria A or a Bundesliga, all those. Wow. He loves those. He loves European soccer. So he's he's like he's trying to build like a parlay. And I'm like, all right, dude. Like 
minus 900 is not going to help you do anything. Do you know what that means? He goes, I have no idea. Yeah, He's no. like, I just want to bet money on something. This is fun. I'm like, okay. Bet $100 down, to win. Have a one-on-one class. Cents. Yeah. And so it's if you, do, if you don't know a whole lot about it but you want to get into it, talk to somebody that does know anything. Just ask for a quick rundown. Ask, don't be afraid to ask questions because – you don't want to just lose money to just lose money. That's not that's no fun for anybody. Right. These so, apps need some type of tutorial on them. So I know some of them do. Like when my brother signed up, I forget which one it was. He signed up and they offered like, are you is this are you looking for basic betting or are you an advanced better? And so that way you can choose. And, and, no, I'm a right. basic bet. It's like the yeah. controls when you first put in a video game. Yep, like exactly. When you first play, are you a you beginner, beginner or are you advanced? Oh no, I'm a, the definition of a beginner. Well, one of the things I did want to bet on yesterday that I haven't been able to find anywhere. So if anybody sees this, let me know. Uh, is the NFL draft? Because there was a major, major shakeup yesterday. The Chicago Bears traded back from the first overall pick to pick number nine uh, uh, with the Carolina Panthers. The Panthers sent to the Bears the number nine pick and 61 in this year's draft. I think 61's back half of the uh, second round. Yep. And then they sent next year's first round pick, a 2025 second round pick, and wide receiver DJ Moore, who, for those that don't know, has had over 1,200 yards from scrimmage the last three years. And I think he's like the only receiver to have done that. His last year, he caught for 888 yards, but the previous three years, and by the way, this was like no quality quarterback. That's what it was. Whatsoever. The last three years uh, prior to that, he had broke 1,100 yards easy. With and that's with quarterbacks Sam like Darnold, Sam Darnold and Baker Teddy Bridgewater. And Cam, the corpse of Cam, Cam Newton. Newton. So it's it was a very a very surprising thing that you would get the trade now, and it would come from the nine spot. I thought if anything, it might come from the the Colts at four, or crazy enough, the Raiders. I at was seven. thinking the Raiders were going to try to move up because I haven't seen one mock draft where any of these four quarterbacks are going later than number nine. I've, I'm, okay, one I've seen where Will Levis would go number nine, but every other one, these guys are going to be off the board really quick. It's like those four guys and, and Will Anderson. Yeah, I don't think a quarterback, those any of the top four gets past uh, seven to the Raiders. Um, and so you had to get inside that top seven if you wanted a quarterback. That's exactly what Carolina did, and now Carolina has their pick of the litter. The odds-on favor right now is C.J. Stroud. He jumped from like five to one up to minus 320. So the books are... Uh, I would say relatively confident in the fact that C.J. Stroud is who Carolina currently wants. I wouldn't rule out Anthony Richardson. I don't buy Bryce Young, so if you have Bryce Young tickets, I don't love it. But, hey, you can keep hoping and praying. I heard Schefter mention that Frank Reich is fairly enamored with uh, C.J. Stroud right now, but David Tepper might be in lust for Bryce Young. I feel like if you're going to make a move like this, and I know, Shime, you've got some strong thoughts on it, but if you're going to make a move like this, I think you should have an idea internally of what exactly you plan on doing. You shouldn't be the 49ers. Like the 49ers openly said, yeah, we traded up to number three and we really liked Trey Lance, but we also liked Mac Jones. So, like, yeah, we didn't want the Patriots to take Mac Jones. So we moved up to make sure they couldn't take Mac Jones. And then we didn't take Mac Jones. It's, it, 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 it's kind of stupid. Um, if you don't have a, yeah, it's, it's stupid (laughs) if you don't have a guy in mind. I, I just, 
I think Frank Reich definitely wants Stroud or Richardson. If I had to guess, I would lean Stroud. The, I, I, there's, I want to bet. I'm pretty sure I could guess the first four picks of the draft. I'll say it right now, so we have it on tape. Mm-hmm. If I had to guess, and this is what I will wager as soon as I can find it, uh, C.J. Stroud goes one overall to the Panthers. Bryce Young will go two overall to the Texans. It feels very uh, Lonzo Ball esque, yep, where yep, everybody yep, just yep. knows he's going to go there, and everybody's okay with it. Uh, number three will probably be Will Anderson to the Arizona Cardinals, and then number four, my guess would be Anthony Richardson or Will Levis. I guess is the only spot where I'm kind of wavering. Uh, would go to the Colts. Um, and so, to me, Frank Reich screams C.J. Stroud just with the quarterbacks he's dealt with. You look at a guy like Phillip Rivers. You look at a guy like Carson Wentz. Uh, even, the, you know, they brought Matt Ryan in this year. He likes tall pocket passers. C.J. Stroud is a uh, a better version of Mac Jones. Like 6'3", I think, 6'3", yeah. 215. Unbelievably accurate. The, the ball just kind of glides off his hand. It's very silky smooth. He doesn't. He he throws to a spot instead of to a receiver. Like he'll he leads the receiver. He doesn't he doesn't hesitate in that regard. If you watch, if you just go back and watch that Georgia game against a team like Georgia, who we all know was dominant, he was phenomenal. Like the best he had ever played in his college career when the lights were the brightest. He was tremendous. He was not the reason they lost that game. Um, so I think all that and the way he kind of came off at the combine, like he knew it was a quiet confidence in that he knew he was the best quarterback in the draft, but he's not going to tell you that he's just outright the best. He's just like, I, I think I'm really, really good. Um, and, and I think the I think the Panthers probably love that about him. So if I had to guess, that's kind of where they go. But I, I think it brings up a, a broader question in that, is it worth it? The Carolina Panthers roster, their defense is pretty good. Their offensive line is decent, probably better, you know, above average. And they finished fairly strong at the end of the year, too. There was something yeah. like five in, was it five and one? At the, their last six, five and yes. two, yeah, yeah, yeah. because so they, they, they were the trying Steve to Wilkes effect. build on something after they fired uh, Matt Rule. So with that kind of mediocre roster, is it worth it? Like, it, it does it make sense to unload all of that capital just to go get C.J. Stroud, who is you hope becomes you know Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, but could just end up being Mac Jones or Kirk Cousins? Uh, yeah. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Because if C.J. Stroud or uh, Bryce Young or whoever they end up picking uh, number one, if that guy hits, nobody will sit and, and cry about what they ended up giving up. Nobody's going to miss D.J. Moore. You're not going to worry about you know your future first round picks because you have a quarterback. If you see a guy and you identify him and you know you're not going to get him because I am starting to kind of think about this with where the Patriots are, and although they will inevitably trade out and make us all sad, Probably. I would like them to move up for someone. Um, but if you know the guy that you want and you believe that you can build your franchise around this quarterback, you 100% do what you can to go get him. Honestly, because I know you said you like Will Anderson going third to uh, the Cardinals. Yep. I think the Cardinals, it would make sense for them to start. I, I know they're getting calls. I know they're getting calls for that number oh, three. Oh, to trade out? I absolutely 100% think, agree with you. You know, whether it's uh, Will Anderson, Tyree uh, Wilson is another guy that I've seen slotted to go there. Freak. One, either one of those guys would be good, but I think it might make more sense for your teams at the very top to build out and and see what kind of uh, draft assets that you can get. Because in theory, 
whether you like Kyler Murray or not, you have your quarterback for the next couple of years. So <laughs> thank you, contracts. Oh, my God. So on one hand, yeah, you can get a nice you know, edge rusher who could be disruptive. But if this is the phrase, you're, you're getting a player who will start for your team. You're getting a player that would be the number one wide receiver on the New England Patriots if they brought in um, DJ Moore. Oh, absolutely. 100% he is that guy a top a 20 receiver in football. Um, so... If that's what you're moving on from, I think it's totally worth it. I don't think anybody's going to sit and, and be upset if, you know, C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young or, I don't know, Anthony Richardson, you know, if they want to do like a Cam Newton 2.0 kind of thing there. Um, I don't think anyone's going to be upset about that. And, again, that's what I want the Patriots to do. There's a couple guys I'm looking at. Like, I am in love right now with um, – Oh God, the uh, the Ohio State Jackson tackle. Smith and Jigba. No, oh, no, 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 Paris no. Johnson. Paris Johnson Jr. is the guy. I have circled. go up and get him. He's I not going to be there him. at fourteen. That's what I'm saying. I think the Tennessee Titans are going to look for their replacement for Taylor Lewan. I think the Patriots should absolutely depart with some of their assets, move up, get a tackle. I mean, Jesus, they've already re-signed. It was Connor McDermott and uh, somebody James else. Ferentz. Okay, James Ferentz, depth piece. But if you like <laughs> Connor McDermott to start on your right side, he fared pretty well when they brought him in. I'm ready to move on from Isaiah Wynn. I don't know what Trent Brown is going to be. You move up. Point is, if that guy works out, nobody's going to sit and be upset over what you gave up to get him. Nope, not at all. You make that kind of move, you give up that many pieces, you're bringing in, I'm, to my opinion, as a quarterback, you're bringing in the face of your franchise, you're bringing in something that's going to sell tickets. And that's the main thing here. You, 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 you have a Carolina fan base that's like, all right, let's see something. Get us excited. And I guess, I guess the, the other thing Carolina has going for them, too, like you point out, like it's their division kind of stinks. So if Stroud has a first year in the NFL similar to, like, let's say Justin Herbert, which is just about as good as you can get, if he has something of Justin Herbert-esque as a rookie season, he might be a playoff team right. even with a mediocre roster. Like, again, your defense is good. You have pieces. Do You have your Jeremy Chins and your Brian Burns's on that defensive side of the ball. And then on offense... Their offensive line's pretty good. I mean, you were able to run the crap out of the ball with Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. So if you if Foreman's a free agent, so I guess if you bring him back or you get a better running back, I, I know Jamal Williams is going to be a free agent. I don't know that the Lions will necessarily bring him back. So I guess there might be like an opportunity there to grab a guy like that. And you, if you're able to run the football and allow C.J. Stroud to be comfortable in the pocket... Like it makes sense. It, yep. make, it makes it makes a lot of sense because again that that division is ripe for the taking. I mean, Tom Brady in theory isn't going to be back, although I don't know if I believe that. Um, and if he is, he's not going to be. It, it won't be Tampa. But even right. though Jeff Darlington said, "Up ah, Tampa or bust," he's not going to go to the Patriots. He's definitely not thinking about San Francisco. He's definitely not thinking about Miami. No, if anything, you'll see Tom Brady be a Dolphin. But that's another story for another time. That division is so wide open right now. I don't begrudge Carolina for identifying a guy and going, we are going to pounce right now. I also, you know, look, if you like Justin Fields, bully for you, I guess. I look at a guy that's won five freaking games in two years, and I go, okay, so he can run a little bit. What exactly has that won for the Chicago Bears? Exactly nothing. If that's the guy you want to build on, 
because he's got a fair contract and you know he might have some upside go for it i am n- i do not understand the love the absolute love affair for Justin Fields right now because he broke a quarterback's rushing record yeah, congratulations nobody was running over the last 20 years until really now it's like michael vick and then you got a couple guys now that can run now i don't get it i watched enough justin fields to go he's a fine player but you're gonna move on from the number one pick because you feel so good about this guy. Yeah, I. So I think this five is, games. I think five this, games in two years. I understand. I agree. I understand your point, uh, and a lot of people have similar have similar perspectives. As someone who evaluated Justin Fields a lot in college, I watched. I, I, you know, I had him on the same plane as Trevor Lawrence coming out of that draft, and I still think it is very icebergish in that we've only seen like the very tip of what Justin Fields can actually do and how good of a passer and processor he can be just because that offense is so bad the offensive line was horrendous for i mean Darnell Mooney was his number one receiver until halfway no, through look. last year when they got Chase Claypool who by the way can't even hold like Nelson Aguilar's jock all of a sudden the so, weapons like, that that Bears team had were alarmingly bad and i will allow for that but it's just it's kind of ironic that i'm sitting and listening to a quarterback who didn't win a lot of games and yet people are in love with. And I'm like, really? Because I know a quarterback who also did not win a lot of games that people around here seem to be ready to fire into the sun. But, like, when well, one guy doesn't win, it's his fault. But when this guy never wins and wins and far less in grand fashion, that guy's the next coming of Michael Vick or Josh Allen. Like, it's it's just so inconsistent. Like, if you're going to trash back... Inconceivable. It's inconceivable. If you're gonna trash Mac Jones, don't don't sit and tell me how great Justin Field is because I'm not gonna listen to that crap. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. If you want to get in on the program today, we'll t- we're gonna be talking all things, uh, you know, draft with the uh, the Bears moving back to nine, Panthers moving all the way up to pick number one. We'll be hitting on uh, the um, Boston Celtics coming up here. Oh, the Joe Bruins- Mazzula has had one of the weirdest weeks that that he has had since since he has been the the head coach of the Boston Celtics, and I can't wait to. Talk. Bruins play at 1 o'clock this afternoon. We might even speak sneak in a uh, quick few Bruins thoughts. And on top of that, Devin McCourty ret- announced his retirement yesterday. Uh, Devin, having you know only spoken to him on the phone uh, and interacted with him in interviews on the Greg Hill Show, uh, I can say the times that I've talked to him, he is one of the nicer guys that I've ever communicated with uh, when it comes to uh, professional athletes. Uh, and he had an amazing career here with the New England Patriots. So uh, we're going to wish Devin McCourty all the best as well. We're going to get to all of it coming up here. 617-779-7937 if you want to get in uh, on the phone lines. 37937 if you want to text in as well. But right now, Andrew's got you caught up with what's trending. WEEI. We are right back to the WEEI Producers Show. Streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. This is the WEEI Producer Show right here on Boston Sports Original WEEI. Shime, Garvin, and Lanny got you up until 9 a.m. where Andy Hart and myself will take over hey. uh, for oh. uh, replace, stepping in for uh, Curtis and Ken Laird this week. And Fitzy will join about halfway through the program There's as well. There's been a lot of, of draft rantings going on in here. We have been talking. Uh, we've been talking a lot about the draft. Um, I mean, we, we I might think as well get to, to this. We're so, setting ourselves up for disappointment. The Patriots draft at number fourteen. Uh, Ryan 
Uh, I believe you've made it very clear to me. Let's make it very clear to the audience. Yes. What direction would you like the Patriots to go in with the 14th overall pick? Tackle! <laughs> I want a tackle! I want a good left tackle. I, Ryan wants a fat man. I want Paris Johnson Jr. I want uh, Broderick Jones. I would be happy with Peter Skaronsky. I am not a big draft enthusiast. College sports tend to bore me. But when I look at this draft and I see all these quarterbacks going in the top, you know, 15 up, there goes my board. Um, when I see all these guys going early, that just means all these quality skill players and, um, you know, offensive, defensive, whatever's your line. Trench guys. These guys are going to get pushed down through the draft. And I get excited because the Patriots have a high draft pick. And I'm like, ooh, okay, you need a tackle. You could use a wide receiver. I would be happy if they took uh, a tight end, one of these early tight ends, even though that's not a big position. I would take one. I would absolutely take one. Thank you. I want weapons. I want guys that are going to help this pitiful offense. But then Devin McCourty retires. And I go, oh, no. Because I know how Bill Belichick likes to operate. One of two things. He will either trade out of the draft, (laughs) which would make me very, very sad. Because as I just yelled about, there are so many quality pieces they could push lower and lower and they are attainable and and they're right there and you can just take one. You just take it. You just, uh, that one. I want that guy right there because we don't need a quarterback this year. Even if you don't like Mac Jones, you got him on a great contract. So why would you ever consider taking a quarterback you this know. year? You're not going to get one of these guys. Take a tackle. And then Devin McCourty retires and I go, oh no. They're going to reach as they have in the past. <laughs> for a position that I would not necessarily recommend at the top of their list of needs. I think they've got some good, young, quality participants of the secondary. And I start looking at all these drafts and I go, okay, where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? And then I go, oh, there he is right there. Brian Branch Jr. out of Alabama. Safety! Safety! Who I have seen at like the Bottom, ass bottom of the first round. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to get a Cole Strange situation all over. At least this guy came out of a program that I have some familiarity with. But I don't think you need Bill has safety. a lot of familiarity with it, too. I, <laughs> Devin McCourty has been such a key piece to the Patriots on and off the field. Um, obviously he retired yesterday. I I think, you know, I'm happy for him. I think that the decision probably came a little easier than he was letting on. He he alluded to like some stuff that he's like, I'm not going to get into it. It might be tough for him now, but I think in the long run, he is going to enjoy this. Um, but I still feel pretty good about the, the young guys that you have on this team. And yes, you don't necessarily have like your next lockdown safety of the future, but you've got some good corners. You've got some, you know, depending on what happens with Jonathan Jones, I'm not the biggest fan of Jalen Mills. But with that number one pick, you're going to take a safety. You're going to try and do this right now. You don't need to do this right now, Bill. I implore you, please, look. Look at freaking Paris Johnson. He is a machine. Yeah, he will they- keep Mac Jones upright. And then, and fine, if you want to put Connor McDermott on the right side, and you got David Andrews, and you got Cole Strange, and all right, you finally have some semblance of an offensive line. Bill Walsh School of Football, right, Lombardi? If wide receiver is the easiest thing to fix, according to that old antiquated guy that hasn't coached football since 1988, fine. 
fine. Just bring me a tackle, and please, for the love of God, stay away from the safeties, please. Did you ever expect to be in a position, Billy, where you would be clamoring for an offensive line? Never. Never in a million years as a Patriots fan, my thing is like, ooh, give me somebody flashy. Give me something. Give me something exciting. Give me something that I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be fun to watch every Sunday. But then again, I'm in the boat of let's keep Mac Jones on his feet. Let's get somebody on that line to help him out. And it's the most boring position to draft. Do you want to see Trent Brown cut block guys again? No. No. Build up the line, protect the quarterback as much as – the Patriots fan of me wants a flashy secondary player or, or, or a wide receiver to help Mac Jones out. I know in reality we need to keep him on his feet, so you got to go offensive. And line. I think I think Ryan. So I think you can get both of the things that you well, one of the things that you want and one of the things that you hate can't happen in this draft. I wouldn't be shocked if one of the moves that they make is trade down a few spots, no. but still take Broderick Jones. Um, mm, okay, all right, or, or uh, was it Broderick uh, Broderick Jones or Daywan Jones? There's Actually, both of them. So you, there's an opportunity for either Broderick of them. Jones is a sophomore out of Georgia who I have seen is a strong young man that is sort of a, more of a raw talent right now, plus side athlete, but still needs to work on the technique as far as like uh, Peter Skaronsky, who is sort of closer to the Isaiah Wynn mode, like shorter arm guy, yes. but more polished. Sounds like a lineman. I think I, I th- wipe both that out, and I see you bring me Paris Johnson Jr. and you do it now. See, I think the other thing you're, I think the thing you're going to see more likely is the trade down and draft of Daywan Jones. The opposite tackle of Paris uh, Paris Johnson Jr. at Ohio State. Uh, Daywan Jones is the right tackle. He's massive. He's huge. Yeah, but they're going to draft the right tackle to replace Isaiah Wynn, and they're going to run it back with Trent Brown. Like Kyrie Thompson uh, writes for uh, football about the Patriots for weeia.com. Mm-hmm. Does a great job, so go check him out on the website. Uh, he tweeted out a graphic too. He went through and and gathered all of the like PFF grades for the positions on the offensive line for the Patriots, and they weren't like. The worst in football, but they weren't good, right? They were like high 60s, a couple low 70s across the board, and then mm-hmm. right tackle, I believe, was like a 58 uh, because right tackle was an absolute epic disaster last year. And so I think if Belichick goes tackle, which I, I'm with you. I actually kind of hope he does go tackle. I don't particularly love the receivers that people seem to be falling in love with. Your Jackson Smith and Jigba, your Jordan Addison. Zay Flowers, who, again, Kyrie Kyrie is a big Zay Flowers guy, and I've watched enough BC football over the last couple years to go, okay, I like him, and he's definitely shot up the draft board the last couple months, but, like, you're right. These other guys, like, I don't understand the infatuation with Jackson Smith and Jigba. I don't either. Like, he's he's good, but I don't love him. My two guys, if you're going to go receiver, I really like Quentin Johnson. I love him. Uh, and then I like Zay Flowers. Those are my two guys if you're going to go wide receiver in the first round. But I, I really think there's a strong opportunity that Bill trades down just a few picks and tries to grab Daywan Jones, the right tackle, at Ohio State. Because that kind of, to him, it's like, all right, David Andrews will be healthy at center. Trent Brown's going to have a bounce back year this year with the with the actual scheme of football with, with Bill O'Brien. Michael Onwenu, who was good last year, will just be better this year. Hopefully Cole Strange takes a step forward, and then we lock it down at right tackle with Daywan Jones. I think that's kind of, if Bell goes tackled, that's where he would be thinking. So you don't think if the, the Patriots actually you know drafted a, like Quentin Johnson that there wouldn't be alarm bells and like terrible flashbacks of, oh, what happened the last time we had a six-foot-four monster receiver that was going to run down the yeah, this field? Is, so here's the thing, it though. didn't go well. When they drafted Nikhil Harry, I stood up and said, who? 
like Quentin Johnson, I know who Quentin Johnson is. I watched him in in a college football playoff game. Like I watched, TCU, I grinded the tape. Yes, TCU. Okay, yeah. And so Max Duggan was the one throwing him the football. I don't think you've seen the best of Quentin Johnson. I think he is really, really talented. Uh, it, it was someone I heard once call him everything in a bag of chips, which I love that phrase. Uh, it's shout out Benjamin Solak of the of Ringer. Of course. Um, so I, I like I like Quentin Johnson. I like what he brings. Um, I, I think if you're going to go receiver, him or Zay Flowers for me are the guy. I think I love like all of the top end tackles. I like Skaronsky. I lo- I'm in love with Paris Johnson Jr. I'm with you. If they oh, got Paris wow. Johnson Jr., I I'd be over him. the moon. I'm fine with Broderick Jones. I like Darnell Wright out of Tennessee, and I think Dewan Jones, uh, the other Ohio State tackle, makes the most sense to me. I think it's a testament of how awful this line was last It wasn't year. great. We're, we're doing lineman draft talk, and it's March 11th. The draft is, what, thir- 40 days from now? Yes. It's about. I don't know. I think just with, with the trade of watching the Panthers identify a guy and seeing who they were interested in and in, in moving pieces to go get him, I'm like, oh, what a refreshing concept that is. You're not just going to sit and wait well, they around. Did it with Christian Barmore a couple years ago. Granted, it was the second round, but you saw, okay, we're going to take Mac Jones in the first round. Ooh, the guy we really liked in the first round is still available in the early second. Okay, fine. We're just going to move up and go get him. Mm-hmm. And that's what they did. They, they saw their guy. They knew they wanted him. They traded up, and they got him. Like, But he never does that in the first round. It's only in those second or later rounds, which is infuriating to me. If you identify a guy that you love in the first round, go effing get him. Don't just sit back and be like, well, I could just trade back, get a couple picks, and draft Kyle Duggar. And I love Kyle Duggar, but like, or Cole Strange, but like, I don't like Cole Strange, but that that's the mindset, and I hate that mindset. It's just... The value there stinks. If you like a guy, if you if you know a guy is going to be great for your team, he is going to evolve into an excellent player. Go freaking get him! I, I think that you know the timeline of where this this Patriots team right now is is fairly significant in trying to figure out that if you have the quarterback that you are going to be giving a nice fat extension to. As right now, the quarterback carousel is as nutty as it's ever been between. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, who the Jets just freed up about $15 million of cap space when we started the show, um, and all the crap that's going on with Lamar Jackson. These guys are going to get paid. And getting a quality offensive piece early in the draft is going to be a great indication to know if you've got the right guy in Mac Jones. And by the way, if you don't and you go and you get somebody else, at least you'll have a quality lineman, a quality receiver. Hell, if you end up getting cute in the draft and, and something like that, other quality offensive pieces, I don't think you need to necessarily worry about the defensive side of the ball. And you damn sure don't need to reach for you know a safety out of Alabama because Devin McCourty, once again, congratulations on a great career, uh, has, has moved on. And you're like, no, 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 we got to fix this right now. Mac will be fine. He's fleet of foot. We'll bring back Trent Brown. He's going to cut block like the Dickens, even though he's 6'8", 412 pounds. And we got Connor McDermott on the right side. Everything will be fine. Yeah, I, I also think you bring up an interesting point. that You will, you bring up Lamar Jackson. Uh, I also think that this trade shakeup in the first round kind of affects the Lamar Jackson market. I really? saw Daniel Jeremiah tweet this, uh, and, and I think it's a really good a really good question in that if you're a team like the Indianapolis Colts now, right, mm-hmm. you are in position to get the fourth best quarterback in this draft class. 
Is the fourth best quarterback really going to be what Lamar Jackson is? Money aside, is he ever going to be close to what Lamar Jackson is? No. Do you think? I, Probably I, not. I don't think so. And, like, Lamar is such a, a unique skill set. Like, you could understand why the Ravens brought in Greg Roman. Like, we're going to tailor make an offense just for you and what you do alone. We're going to block nine guys, and you're going to find Mark Andrews for every single first down. And it worked to a point. It's just he couldn't stay healthy, unfortunately, like a and lot so of running quarterbacks. For a team like Indianapolis, it may make sense trade those first two for those those two first round picks the fourth pick this year their first round pick next year and you get Lamar Jackson like it's I think some teams are in interesting spots. I brought up yesterday, I think the Lions, in my opinion, are like the best team possible for Lamar Jackson. I think the Lions would love to move on from Jared Goff. Even well, so I know... He uh, was the driver of one of the number one offenses in football. But he I was think- the best quarterback in football against zone defense. Yeah. But as you saw against Bill Belichick, when a good defensive coach squares up against him, he's not that hard to defend. Oh. And so Bailey Zappi went out there and stomped on him. And so... I think Brad Holmes really likes Jared Goff, but he's expendable. He's just kind of the guy for now, not the guy. And when you could get Lamar Jackson, and oh, by the way, you still keep the sixth overall pick in this year's draft. Like, it's just, I think the Lions are in the best spot, but I think it it, it really poses a really good question for the Colts. And was it worth it for Carolina, right? They gave up two ones, two twos, and DJ Moore to move up to number one to get a quarterback. Well, they could have theoretically just given up nine and next year's one, gotten Lamar Jackson. Yeah, they have to pay him a contract, but you keep both your second-round picks and DJ Moore. Well, the contract is is the whole starting point with Lamar Jackson. I mean, if he wants Deshaun Watson 100% guaranteed money, I think Carolina looks at that and goes, well, we can get a quality quarterback of our own but also only pay him a couple million dollars and then continue to build on what we've been building on the last few years with you know, a well yeah you're building but you're also getting rid rule. of a bunch of draft capital on top of getting rid of your best receiver. But that's what I'm saying. If, like your number one C- receiver is now Terrace Marshall. But if they draft C.J. Stroud and it works out, it will not matter what they gave up. If it, it works won't out, matter. sure. If the, it works out, and I know. But if it doesn't, gift. if it and if it doesn't work out, you could have had a, a an NFL MVP on your team for a lesser price than what you paid to get C.J. Stroud. So it's, again, it, it'll it all be a hindsight is 2020 game. I fully acknowledge that. I just think it's worth the discussion in that, well, you could have done this. Why would you Why you give up the extra assets? Just pay the man the money. Like, you know how talented he is. He's a known commodity, right? Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of Lamar Jackson right now compared to drafting a young quarterback is Lamar is a known commodity. You can project these quarterbacks left, right, and center all over the place. I do it every year. But just because you project them to be something doesn't mean that they're going to be that. You know, a guy like Justin Herbert, everybody didn't like going into the draft. Like, draft Twitter hated Justin Herbert, and he was the best rookie we've ever seen. And he's still having a good career. But Or you become, you know, Baker Mayfield. Everybody's hyped about him, and he stinks. He has four coordinators in four years, and now he's basically out of the league. Or he might end up being the starting quarterback for the the, the lowly, like, 3-15 and 15 Rams. He could be competing with Bailey Zappi to be the backup quarterback here. I don't know. It's just 
the Bears make this trade, Panthers make this trade, and it got me thinking about where the Patriots are right now. And I, I know the draft is a month and a half out, but I'm, I don't know. I'm getting anxious, and I don't know if it's for like good reasons or bad reasons. If I once again, I'm going to set myself up for just a world of disappointment. 617-779-7937 if you want to get in with us before 9 o'clock. Uh, it is Shime, Garvin, and Lanny here on the producer show. We'll get to the Celtics coming up next. Right back to it. The WEEI Producers Show on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. I think except for one, maybe two, uh, all your baskets were threes or in the paint. What do you think of just kind of the, the shot profile in general? And what's the key? Ours or theirs? Yours. No. Uh, made baskets, threes and paint uh, baskets. Um, what do you think of kind of the shot profile and just what's what's kind of the key for you guys in getting those shots? Like what has to go right for that time? I always had a question about like when we shoot a lot of threes and miss, everybody asks me questions, but when we shoot a lot of layups and miss, nobody says anything. How many layups we missed today? Like I don't understand that. Like just because you're close to the basket doesn't mean it's easier to score. And so like we missed a lot of layups and you know we have to do a good job making those. And so I thought our shot profile was really good. I thought on that stretch where we didn't shoot the ball well, we, we continued to guard. And I thought when we missed layups, we did a decent job of sprinting back in transition. Um, I've always wondered that. Like, no one asks, like, that's 10 layups tonight. How come? I'll ask you right now. What? Why are you missing layups? I don't know. That's what I want to find out. Oh, man. This is the WEI producer show right here on Boston Sports Original. WEI, Shime Gar- uh, Garvin and Lanny here with you up until uh, 9 o'clock. That was Celtics head coach. Yes, Crazy head coach, Joe no Missoula. That Joe might be Mazzula. his best quote ever. Shot profiling. Lanny, how do you think the shot profiling has been on our show today? Not bad. I'd say, you know, you know, I don't say, you know, people don't ask us enough about the uh, the draft talk and why, you know, you know that's so good, but other one things aren't. I don't know, like Joe Mazzulla, just like <laughs> I don't know, like I don't, I don't, I don't know how to ju- justify it with t- towards this show. But like, dude, layups are worth two, threes are worth three for a reason. You know, the other day they did shots for a cure. The reason the bunnies under the net were only worth a hundred <laughs> is because they're an easier shot. Like this is the most insane quote I've ever heard in my life in sports. Maybe. This guy is losing his mind. I don't get where you even come up with that. Like, where in your brain you process that layups and three-pointers are the same caliber of difficulty, the same degree of difficulty? I think this poses an interesting question. Uh-huh. Isn't he perfect for the Boston market? Just he is like... You know what? He is a few fries short of a Happy Meal and just like... It has no problem. He's a he, weird he's bird. Very, but he's he really, very comfortable. I'm saying that nicely. Yeah, like but he's, he's like, very, like very comfortable with it. He seems very comfortable with himself, but he's just a weird yeah, he, dude. He's different. He's weird, but he doesn't seem to have really high highs or really low lows. No, it's very even keel. He can keep his win. It's very even keel. And yes, I think that's a good thing to have in this area. I, I think he has had a terrible week dealing with the. I outlined it. I, I sat down after my, my show yesterday and just was like, Every day after the Celtics, and the Celtics have had a lousy week, um, we've been playing stuff on Jones and Mego of of just like, here's another joke. Like, our group chat is just blows up after all these games with postgame. Wow, he said this. Wow, he said that. I can't believe he's going on about this. I mean, you go from after. So when we were on last week, that was just following the worst collapse of the season, 28 points you blow to the Nets, but at least they had Kyrie and Kevin Durant. Those guys are really good. Oh, wait, no, they don't. They traded those guys. You lost to a terrible team. And then he comes out and talks about, 
um, that following Sunday after they blow it to the Knicks in overtime. He goes, I know you guys think that uh, this is funny, but three-point attempts are the, actually the most important stat in basketball. Okay, fine. Let's run with that premise. Three-point attempts are the most important stat in basketball, according to your head coach, Joe Missoula. Crazy Joe. And then you get to, uh, that was Wednesday after the Blazers game, and he sits there and goes, why don't you guys ever ask me about missed layups? What's up with that? I don't get it. Like, we miss layups. It's it's actually not, what does he say? Just because you're close to the basket doesn't mean it's easier to score. Yes, it does. That's why it's worth two points. The definition of it. Have you ever heard, like, somebody who doesn't watch basketball is like, oh, Hey, do you think you can fit into that parking spot? It's the you're the only car in the lot. Yeah, it's a layup. Let's put that it to, because it's easy. Let's, let's put it it's hard. Let's put it to our level of athleticism. You're playing beer pong. Yeah. <laughs> you're shooting from halfway across the table. That's why there's no lean rule. Yeah, it's a that's layup. That's why you can't that's why you can't lean in beer pong to bring it to our level because we are far from professional athletes. That's why you have to keep your elbow <laughs> across the table because it's harder to hit a shot from further away. The Celtics missed. They, they went 18 of 49 from deep. They missed, was that, 31 three-pointers against the Blazers. And, oh, by the way, that seems to be, like, the, the, we were doing a lot of talk about what the identity of this team is, and they, they really have turned into that make-or-miss Celtics that just make me shake my head. And when you miss that many threes, I think it is worth asking, and I believe that was Adam Himmelsbach, uh, about the shot profile of the team. And instead, he's like a cat, and the, the the hair on the back of his neck flares out, and he goes, I don't understand why you're asking me about that. Now, granted, my tone and his tone are two incredibly different things. Like, you're right. Like, when he talks, it's very, very even-killed. He doesn't get loud, He do- but he gets snippy. He gets short with people. Yep. He gets short. He, he and, and this has been a year-long thing with him. It's like, it's Abby Chin. It's Gary Washburn. It's Adam Himmelsbach. I've heard him do it with John Corrales, uh, Jared Weiss, whoever is there. Listen, and this isn't a knock on the people that cover the team, but I think out of the four sports in this market, the Boston Celtics beat are some of the most forgiving people that you are going to come across. Like uh, Gary Washburn in particular um, is a guy that, I mean, he's a good writer and he's not out to hot take people like we are in this business. And he asked, uh, there was an exchange after that awful game, the uh, I'm going to make both game with the Cleveland Cavaliers and, and, Gary just asked, like, you know, do you feel like this is an excruciating loss? He's like, oh, you really like that word, don't you? That's the second time this week you've right. used that word. Yeah. Dwelled so with why are you, why are you holding on to swinging it. on these people? And my, my big takeaway, even though I don't think head coaching is important whatsoever in basketball, I think your demeanor counts for something. And, man, oh, man, if this is how he's – look, I get Time Lord is part-time Lord right now. He's not healthy. Nice. And – you've had a bit of a backslide against some teams that you might end up seeing in the playoffs sooner or later. Overall, things have been really good for this team. You started 18-4. and And, oh, by the way, Joe, you were granted really tough circumstances. Like, you were dropped into a position you were not expecting to be in. You had all the benefit of the doubt. People like me were willing to be on your side, and instead you backhand people with with your, your short, snippy remarks and everything. And, my God... If this is how things look when this team is performing well, I shudder to think what he is going to sound like when this team starts losing some really bad games. 
I don't think it's going to be this year. I still think this team is going to be okay. I still think they have a chance to get back into the number one slot. I still like them to win a championship. All that being said, you got to relax. You got to relax. Nobody cares about missed layups. You know why? Because they're layups. They're layups. Well, you'll get you're going to miss three pointers, you're never going to do anything about it. Of course, that you're going to be asked about your shot profile, Joe. Well, like, you're going to see God, those Boston dude. Celtics tonight in Atlanta. Tip off for that game's at 730. The Bruins play this afternoon at 1 o'clock at home for the Detroit Red Wings. That'll do it for us here on the WEI Producer Show. Shime, Lanny. Garvin, thank you uh, very much for joining us this morning on this beautiful Saturday. We will be back as we always are next. Actually, are we on next Saturday or uh, are we next Sunday? We might be Sunday. I believe we are next Sunday uh, because of uh, March Madness. There's a special March Madness program. We are running Saturday morning, so I believe we are on Sunday, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Uh, so catch us right here on Boston Sports Radio. Till- Wow, if I could have could have gotten out on Tang's out. Uh just get me out of here. Uh Hart and Shime up next. See ya. See ya.